Let's go a Viking on Viking Hot Takes. Viking Hot Takes. Welcome to week four, the Minnesota Vikings versus the Cleveland Browns. Fresh off our first home win for our Vikes. Now it's time for the true test. Can they get back to 500? Buckle up, fans in the comments. Let's go. Eric, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. We were both in the stadium to watch that first win of 2021. It was so great. It was loud. The atmosphere was back. Like That was the most normal I have felt uh, watching sports in almost two years. And it was uh, the Vikings. I mean, they put on a show. It it looked like the same old, same old for those first three Seattle drives. But then they shut it down after that. Vikings only had eight drives, went 50 yards or more and scored on six of them. And, you know, that eighth drive was just a punt at the end. So, um, if they can keep that going against a uh, Browns team that's probably better than the Seattle team they just faced, I, I think we can start, you know, getting that our hopes up and starting to believe again. But it's a big test coming this Sunday. Big test. Let's get started, Dave. Let's get the countdown going. Eric, I know you like those snowflakes coming down for that home opener during the intro. Oh, that was that was pretty sweet. That was a that that was some good production putting the technology to use. All right, let's let's get it started. All right, first question though. Real quick, heat check right now. Are the Vikings better without Dalvin Cook? I, I saw this. I saw I saw your question. This is this is super hot takey, but people are actually asking it, so I will address it. Absolutely not. No, Dalvin Cook is better than Alexander Madison. This is not this is not debatable. We know this. And then the Vikings. I, but what about you know the, they they depend on Dalvin Cook too much. You know how many touches they gave Alexander Madison on Sunday? I think it was thirty three. Something like that. Twenty-six lot. carries, 30, and seven receptions. Yeah, yeah, eight I targets. Mean, it's it's super great that they have a dependable backup uh, running back. That's that's very necessary with someone like Cook, who has been injury prone in his career. It's nice that Madison still can do. He still brings a lot to the table. But there is no doubt that that you know, the the game plan is executed even better with Alvin Cook. That offensive line performance against Seattle was outstanding. They they set some great blocks for him. They, they, their assignments were great. The pass blocking was good, especially in the screen game. I thought they did an amazing job there. But I think, you know, as well as Madison did, no complaints for his performance. I think he does, Cook does even better. So, no, the, I, I get what people are getting at. Like, oh, they, they depend on Cook too much. There's too many touches. You know, the, the offense completely has to run through him. And when he's out, then they can be more creative. No, they weren't. They just executed better. Like, yeah. the offense is exactly the same. That was. It's nice that you have a running back where it doesn't fall off that much. But absolutely not. Get out of here with that. Exactly. Yeah. And Dave's trying to get me going on this, like asking, did they call the game differently and no more? Like, let's think no. about this. Like, when did Dalvin Cook actually get injured? When was he declared out for the game? It was like, it wasn't until Saturday night, you know, Saturday during the day into Sunday morning that we yeah, knew. It wasn't for sure that- until Sunday morning. Yep. Right. So Clint Kubiak was game planning all week as if Dalvin Cook was going to be the go-to guy and he just happened not to be healthy enough to play. It's just, it's, it's not like he just tore up his game plan Sunday morning and went and invented a new, more efficient game plan somehow because he had Alex Madison instead of Dalvin cook. Just none of this adds up. The Vikings are just better 
with Dalvin Cook, and that's great. He's a great player. They score, on average, three points more per game with Dalvin Cook than without Dalvin Cook. Let's put this to bed. Right. And like again, you can make an argument for the whole, uh, is the running backs worth the contract and all that stuff? That's a valid argument, especially after a game where Madison performed just as well. But as far as them being a better team, absolutely not. All right. So my first one, pretty simple one, straightforward okay. too. Can, can Kirk Cousins keep this up? He looked pretty damn good on Sunday. And he's and, and what a three games, his best three games started his career by far so far in this season. <laughs> as Everson Griffin would say, Kirk is balling right now and and it's funny because i i know you in the stadium you saw that bonehead play where it was like a third down and his shoe was coming off so he just decided instead of taking a timeout he decided to play the play he just threw the shoe like five yards behind him (laughs) and you're like you're like kirk what are you doing so often in some of these moments when kirk cools off these hot streaks it's not because he's like he's changing his his game plan or who he's throwing to he's just starting to make some of the really bonehead mistakes he's starting to throw interceptions he's starting to fumble the ball and you know I just don't see that happening with Kirk behind the offensive line that he's playing in front behind right now they're just the offensive talent looks very improved. The offensive line is allowing less pressures, and Kirk's playing more confident behind that. He's got the strong running game. He's got a wide receiver three who's emerged. It's just right. all these things around him are really working and gelling right now, and the Vikings are healthy and getting healthier. So when we talk about Kirk Cousins, some of the knocks against him about him being a game manager, about being him being a system QB, somebody who needs good surroundings to play great. Well, he has those surroundings right now. And the biggest one of all is Clint Kubiak. I believe in Clint Kubiak. Wow. So far, so good. Right. So far, so good. The play designs have been next level. He's figured out a way to elevate Kirk even more. You know, not using the bootlegs, not using the play action again. I mean, once we start to use play action, this offense can really take off. This is repeatable, what I'm seeing from Kirk Cousins. What do you think? Yeah, and I really think it's it's Kirk Cousins has always kind of been more of a function of the team around him than he is, you know, affecting the team around him, which is for good and bad because for to be you know when i've said this for years basically since kirk cousins arrived in minnesota he can absolutely take you to a super bowl he can win the title with you but he's not going to do it by himself that is that's kind of and when you're paying him that much there's all sorts of arguments to be made with with the team building and everything it makes the degree of difficulty a lot tougher but when things are going as planned there is no one Really, I mean, I would take Cousins just with about any other quarterback. It's the improvisation that really gets to him. But when the offense really is is clicking like it was against the Seattle, and basically all three games, I mean, the the offense for what they did, I mean, it, when they weren't committing penalties in Week One against the yeah. Bengals team that's getting exposed right now on Thursday night uh, as we're speaking here, um, it's like they, they have really they they have moved the ball consistently all three games so far, and it's just a matter of staying out of their own way and, you know, hoping that the defense can make a couple stops, which they finally did uh, on 
Sunday. So yeah, he's mm-hmm. really like he's this is this is Kirk Cousins. And I think he is he's it's a little simplifying to say that the fact okay, this is just Kirk Cousins, this is how who he's always been. He is playing at a really yeah. high level. And I think some of those leadership things that Mike Zimmer's been talking about, it sounds like he's taking a little more control of the data. He's he's being more of a quarterback. He's not just being a yeah. football player, he's not being this autonomous you know, okay, if this is open, I'm throwing here. If this is open, I'm throwing here. He's, his progressions right. seem really fast this year. I mean, he's always been pretty good with that, but he seems like he's making his reads a lot quicker. He seems really comfortable in this offense. So, yeah, I think he can keep it up. And again, and this is going to be a really good test because I think that they're going to get thrown off schedule a few times by Miles Garrett and uh, Jamie Clowney. That's that's a tough line to go against, and especially if uh, they get any kind of – I mean – I think the Bears maybe got the Browns a little overconfident because they're just an absolute right. mess on offense. I think it's going to be a lot. I, I don't think they're going to completely ruin it, but it's going to be a, a, a much much tougher task. So this is going to be a really good test. If they do get thrown off schedule, can Kirk keep on making these runs? I mean, like that one where he that that zero blitz that Seattle had, and he still made oh, the pass yeah. across the way. To oh that. man, like, that, it's it's all the pre-snap. They're dialed in pre-snap, and and yep. that's what allows plays like that KJ Osborne play to happen. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's will, will, will if we see him fumble, if we see him throw an interception, how does he bounce back? That's really the last thing we're waiting for before we actually start, you know, talking about Kirk in three letter words. Okay, yeah, let's pump the brakes on that. But hey, win a few more games. Well, let's talk about it. Okay, yeah. what's your next question? Okay. Who is the most surprising Vikings player so far this season? I mean, I got to go with the obvious one here. I mean, we've already mm-hmm. touched on him a little bit. We talk about the fact that they had, he does have a third wide receiver option. I thought before the season it was going to be rookie Amir Smith-Marset, but this is K.J. Osborne's world, and we're just living in it. I mean, he has really – three games in a row now. Um, I saw uh, a graphic today that he is among the league leaders in um, – reception yards over expected which is which is really big especially yeah. for a third wide receiver he's getting a lot of targets and he's making the most of them i mean he has been such a pleasant surprise basically since the beginning of the outset of training camp just to see the night and day difference again mm-hmm. maybe he had a little bit of this in him last year but he couldn't get on the field on the offense all he was was an okay returner last year and just the fact that i mean that we were trotting out chad bb in that position last year like and <laughs> like the, and just the upgrade that he is over there. And, and again, BB has his oh, strengths. Yeah, yeah. He's an okay guy. But I think everyone, will, every Vikings fan will agree that the production and the, the efficiency that we're getting out of that third wide receiver spot is it's pretty amazing what we're seeing out of Osborne. And with the, the attention the defenses have to pay to Thielen and Jefferson, there's no reason to believe, you know, even if a, a, right. a secondary is loaded, he's going to see a lot of single coverage and he seems to be that great third wide receiver. So uh, who's your, did I take your answer? I mean, that's the, that's, I feel no. like the obvious one. There's one more on no, the obvious you, you one. There's didn't. one more on the offense. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, on Osborne, cause he was up there for me. He wasn't number one. Like, Seven first downs on 14 targets is amazing. And people are comparing right. him to Jarius Wright. That's better than Jarius Wright. He hasn't dropped a pass. I think Tyler Conklin is another name that people are mentioned. That's not where I'm going, though. I'm going with most surprising, Bashad Breland. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I didn't like the signing when it happened, but like, like, oh, wow, this is appalling. You know, this is... This is like, wow, you cannot play. And another thing about Breland, I'm just going to be honest. I'm not about the tweeting. 
Like, when you mess up, don't just tweet about it like that's your way to improve yourself. Come on, dude. You're tweeting. You're tweeting every two weeks. You're tweeting. You're tweeting because you got burned. You got burned by Tyree Kill in the preseason. You tweet about it. You get burned by Jamar Chase. You're like, my bad. You get burned by D- DK. You're like, I'll take that on the chin again this week he's saying again now because he's like admitting that he's playing so badly in back to back to back weeks so i'm not gonna make a a comment on cameron dancer here but i am just gonna say real quick that bashad breeland so we all know 257 yards allowed 86 yards per game worst in the nfl 40 touchdowns allowed worst in the nfl six missed tackles worst in the nfl Nobody saw him being that bad. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, my next question might have touched on this a little bit too, but uh, I think the uh, the I, we got to give a shout out to Ole Udo too. I mean, that's a right. pretty big surprise. Yeah. That was my other yeah. option. I mean, to have a competent right guard come out of nowhere like that. I mean, thank the football gods for that because that was that's a huge thing. So, well, I might have taken your answer for this one because that's my next question. Who has been the most disappointing Vikings player? I think you kind of touched on yours. Are there any other ones that jump out, or is it is it just Breland across the board? Because if if you just count the the, the yards that Breland has a lot, so basically the wide receiver on that's yeah. that's being guarded by Breland would be I think eleventh in the NFL in in receptions or in receiving wow. yards this year. Yeah, that so just is him, that. just him. That would be, just I think, him. I think, I look, yeah, like eleventh or twelfth in the in the entire NFL. Just this cut stuff caught on reeling this so far. Wow. The first three games, and and quick shout out to Clifford, Viking Jerome, Mary Fist, Seth, love seeing you. Sure. We're moving fast here. It's Viking hot takes. Okay, my most disappointing Vikings this player, Vikings player this season. I actually have a different answer here because I do have hope for the young guys. And so here I want to go with DJ Wanham. He really hasn't progressed, and that's disappointing in year two for him. You know, only three pressures. He's losing snaps to Everson Griffin. So I'm not even sure how you use him in big games right now. So that's kind of my disappointment, Mark. How about you, Eric? Yeah, I mean, Wanham is a really good choice, and he's definitely in my top three. I think Breland is probably my most disappointing overall just because again the stats we just rattled mm-hmm. off it's it's got to be cam dancer time it's uh, i don't think and again we we always should be cautious with uh with um with asking you know it can't be any worse because it usually can be with the vikings but uh, yeah, Wonham, I mean, yep and and Wonham and and uh griffin played the exact same amount of snaps on sunday and i totally forgot one of them was out there half the time. Yeah. Like that was when he was out there, he, he just hasn't made as much of an impact. We still always love him for the, for the great sack against Aaron Rodgers last year. But man, we thought there was going to have mm-hmm. some more momentum with there. Another one, again, this isn't his fault, but I, I really want to see Anthony Barr on the field again. Like I miss yeah. him. It's yeah. been over a year. <laughs> like that's, it's, it's, it's not, you know, he's, it's not like he's playing possum or anything, but it's, it's been really disappointing not to have that that catalyst on the field because I really think they could be doing more interesting things with linebacker because again Nick Vigil has been okay hey. he's been, yep. filling in but he's kind of a he's kind of the you know more of a generic plug and play weak side linebacker he's not going to do as much of the flashy plays he's not going to you can't line him up in as many spots as you could with Anthony Barr especially with the couple of the wrinkles that the defense is showing so 
I'm just, right. I'm just personally disappointed that I think he could be a big part of this defense and hopefully he can come back and uh, make a difference in this defense that still needs to improve if the Vikings want to get to where they're going. Yep. I agreed there. And Clifford saying Sheldon Richardson too, he's kind of somebody to watch, but week four, hopefully we get Anthony Barr back and that's another boost for the defense. Let's go to the next sure. question. All right, Eric, for you, is this the best that the Cleveland Browns have ever been? Yes, if you're considering this just the Cleveland Browns 2.0. Since since 1999, <laughs> since they returned to the league after their four or five year hiatus mm-hmm. or whatever, when the the Baltimore stole them, absolutely because yeah. that team, the since 1999, since the remix, basically the 2.0, they have only made the playoffs twice, twice yeah. since 1999, and once last year. Last year was their best team by far. They were best record, the 11 and five. They made the playoffs, and I think this year's iteration is better than that. Like they they look yeah like they look the part. I mean, they are a couple plays away against Kansas City from being three and zero heading in this game, and they look pretty impressive in their last two wins too. Um, but before that, I don't know. I mean, this team definitely has the potential to be the best. Browns team probably ever, but you got to give some credit. I mean, the 86 and 87 teams that got their hearts ripped out yeah. by uh, John Elway and the Broncos. Those are really good teams too. Both obviously had very good chances, probably should have gone to the Super Bowl that year or those years. Mm-hmm. And you got to give, you know, the, the 50s and 60s teams that won the NFL championships before there were any Super Bowls. They had, I mean, they had that Jim Brown guy. He's pretty good. You know, he's he, like basically Jim Brown was like the best athlete in four sports or something in college, including the NFL when he got done with that. So, um, yeah, yes. Th- th- since 1999, absolutely the best Browns team um, all time to be decided, but they have potential. I mean, this is a loaded roster that they have. What do you think? I don't think 1.0 counts. I mean, maybe that's just me, but you kind of, from a standpoint. They're the same page on football reference, but yes, I mean, that's, you kind of do have to separate there. (laughs) So the last time the Vikings played the Browns, they were 0-8. We played them in London and they ended up going 0-16 that year. I had to look, look it up. The Vikings have never played Browns 2.0 when the Browns had a winning record. This is the first time ever that we've played the 2.0 Browns with a winning record. The last time they had a win. The Vikings have never played the Browns with a win to their name that season unless you go back all the way to 2005. And uh, that, that game... They, or that season, they finished six and ten. That that game, Brad Johnson threw three touchdown passes to Marcus Robinson in two thousand five. Mm-hmm. But like, this is just so so different. Um, what's going to happen on Sunday compared to what we're usually thinking about when we play the Cleveland Browns? So it'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a team even this year because they lost Week One. I think they're o seventeen and one in their last like in their last 18 week ones. So they're usually starting out with a losing record. And so in the, the Vikings playing pretty sparingly, I just hope it goes a lot better than that two third. What was it? The 2013 game at uh, oh, that was, oh, don't, that was don't remind me. Game. Don't remind yep. me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've got two minutes left. So let's, let's wrap up mm-hmm. with the last one. Speaking of this good Cleveland team, if, if uh, what worries you the most about them, their run game, their pass rush or their coach. Okay, so I'm not about the narrative. It's not the coach. The coach does not worry me. Maybe I'm being naive, but only a few coaches in the NFL truly worry me. And like Kevin Stefanski is not one of them because he's got the talent. And I think 
the Browns, when you look at them, it's the talent that worries you. Having to pick between the run game and the pass rush, I think what makes a difference here is their offensive line. Some of those guys are injured, so we may, may be getting a break here, but like Batonio, Wills, Treader, Teller, Conklin, they're actually second on football outsided football outsiders in adjusted line yards. And that is terrifying against the Vikings run defense right now. So we paid Michael Pierce. We paid Dalvin Tomlinson for this type of game. All 15 defenders, when they get into the game on Sunday, they have to tackle better. And, you know, Chubb and Hunt are feasting right now. So without that effort, I don't know how we stop the run game. That's what scares me most. Yeah, then I have two words to rebut that. Miles Garrett, he scares the living daylights out of me. What he did to the Bears last week. Again, the Bears have a mess of an offensive line. They make the Vikings look like the 92 Cowboys. But it is that he can destroy the game by himself. He lined up inside a lot. He warped inside on that one play. I don't know if you saw it on Twitter. He basically like teleported one side over. Just I, I'm I'm probably still most worried about the rush as well. But the pass rush mm-hmm. could destroy what the Vikings have been doing the most successfully is Kirk Cousins flinging the ball over the field. And if that gets short-circuited again, I don't know if the defense can hold up enough. Even if they play better against the run than they have the first three games, it's going to be a real challenge if they aren't moving the ball consistently and keeping it out of that, that offensive. Uh, that was fast. Yeah, Sorry, Mr. Shea. The show is over. I'm going to leave you all with one sat on Nick Chubb. Five and a half yards per attempt, first in the NFL, 3.8 yards after contact, 17 missed tackles force, four runs over 15 yards, all first in the NFL. And then they have Kareem but, Hunt, just to spell him. Yeah, who, yeah you know, just catch the ball in the backfield like crazy. Yeah, yeah, he's averaging 5.7, and he actually leads the Browns in receiving right now. But hey, we're ready for this game, and we're ready to give our score predictions. Eric, you first. I really want to, like the, I love the momentum. I love how the Vikings are playing. And if they lose this game, the season isn't over. Like this is a good Browns team. This is one of the best teams in the AFC. I think they're going to at this rate probably run away with their division unless Baltimore can figure it out because the Steelers and Bengals aren't going to do anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, I really want to pick the Vikings. I I might. I I'm going to I'm tentatively I haven't posted the the preview yet. That might have to come out that's later Friday or maybe on Saturday. Double but Doink is saying we win in the comments. I, th- I really I wouldn't be surprised. It's going to come to turnovers. It's going to come to big plays. Right now, my gut is saying twenty six twenty four Browns. I hope Ooh. I'm wrong. It, I think it's, I I I want to be wrong. I want to keep this going. I want to get to that two and two. I want to have the twenty seventeen comparisons happening. I think the Browns are a really good team. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. What about That's you? what it comes down to. Um, it's interesting that you say one in three, that we could be one in three, but the season won't be over. Uh, I, I think there's going to be some tough times on, on Twitter when we know we have a good team, but the record doesn't show it. That typically does not oh. end well for oh. the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, yeah. It's a very common narrative. Unfortunately, I'm picking... I'm going to say score prediction a loss. You know, y'all know I'm cheering for them to win, but I'm going to go uh, 28 Cleveland, 24 Minnesota in this game. Okay. And hey, we're, we're both right around there then, huh? Yeah. Hopefully I'm wrong just like I was last week. 
So y'all, that's it. Yeah, I, I was I was right last week, so that I'm I'm due for, I'm due for to get one wrong now. So <laughs> the hot <laughs> we takes both can't be right about. It. Keep on keep on streaming in. Thank y'all for joining this game on TV right now. I guess you can watch it if you got nothing better to do, Mister Shea. If you missed the show, just run it back. Watch it twice. Yeah, we're on YouTube. Like, get that link. Ring the bell. Subscribe. Anything you need to do to get some hot takes in your weekly diet, we're here all season long. Thank you so much, Eric, for joining me. Dave, let's close out the show. Put on the music.